Mark 8, 34 through 9, 1. And he called to him the multitude with his disciples and said to them, If any would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a woman to gain the whole world and forfeit her life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of her will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see that the reality of God has come with power. Let's pray. Gracious God, in rushing waters and in dry wilderness, in every season and circumstance, we need your sustaining word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, proclaim the good news among us today so that we may repent and believe and see anew how the time is fulfilled and the kingdom has come near in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, the Presbyterian Church has a program for those who are enrolled in its medical benefits plan. This program is called Call to Health and it allows you to lower your annual deductible for medical expenses if you earn a certain number of points. If you schedule and complete your annual physical exam with your doctor, that will earn you points. If you fill out an extensive health questionnaire, that will earn you points. And you can engage in a broad number of activities listed as self care and each of these will earn you points if you click on them and record that you have done them. Gardening, for example, will earn you points. If you brush your teeth, for example, or exercise regularly, or get enough sleep, or eat healthy foods, you earn points. There's even one category called take care of yourself. I clicked this, slept in, one day recorded it, boom, 25 points. Now, this emphasis on self-care for clergy enrolled in the medical care plan doesn't come out of nowhere. There have been a variety of studies that have shown clergy, like others in so-called helping professions, often don't take adequate care of themselves. Clergy, counselors, therapists, teachers, doctors, nurses, caregivers, parents, people in all manner of occupations where you focus on the needs and concerns of others. Well, we can be prone, if we're not careful, to neglect our own physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental health. It has been found that many people in helping professions don't exercise enough. Many don't get enough sleep or engage in enough activities that are renewing. And if you neglect attending to the health of yourself, you'll be less equipped to help others, right? If we aren't caring for, maintaining, attending to this instrument we use in service, then we won't be able to be of much service, will we? In these days of COVID-19, when there are so many challenges people are facing on multiple fronts, self-care, it's something worth lifting up 
There are all kinds of pressures. There's social isolation, parenting children and supervising their education when all that has to happen still online. There are the challenges of remote work, of job anxiety or job loss, social issues that press on us today like the pandemic and racism and the ecological crisis. It can feel some days like too much weight for the body, mind, and heart to carry. And so caring for the self is important work. Some of you know I picked up the mandolin a few years ago. I read that learning a new instrument or language stimulates the mind in healthy ways as you get, well, a little older and making music I, can, I find can be renewing. The mandolin for me is a form of self-care. It's a good cause that call to health is bringing to our attention, the attention of clergy, self-care. But there's a risk in all this focus on self-care and self-protection, don't you think? And it's a risk Jesus names in today's text. The risk is that if we elevate self-care too high, if we make the self and its needs too much of the focus, we might miss something greater still, something called in today's passage, life. If we place too much emphasis on self-care, we can neglect, if we're not careful, life. The full, rich life God yearns for us to know, a life poured out in love and service to God and to our neighbor, especially that neighbor in need. If any want to become my followers, Jesus says, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Now, the word that's translated life here in the original Greek is psuche. And psuche can be translated as breath, like the breath that God first breathed into humanity in Genesis. It can also be that force that separates a living being from, say, a corpse. But psuche can also be translated as soul, and I like that translation. What will it profit a person to, if they gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? Now, translators are justifiably hesitant to translate psuche as soul these days, so you'll often see it translated, as it is in the NRSV, as life. And one concern is that people might imagine a soul-body dualism when they read that word soul. Readers might think of the soul as something distinct from and in opposition to the body. Soul-body dualism can risk denigrating the, the precious gift from God that is the body. But if you think of a soul not as something opposed to the body, but as something that works in collaboration with the body, that helps the body know its direction, know its worth, know its purpose. And I think soul is a fitting translation as of psuche. Soul. It's been brought to popular imagination recently by the new Pixar movie of that name. The movie is about a jazz pianist who teaches middle school band, and early on I, I thought the film would be about this teacher finding his true passion in life. After he endures the cacophony of middle school band practice one day, you think we'll now get to see him realize his dream and become not a teacher of jazz, but a successful performer of jazz. 
Then this teacher has a near-death experience and is forced to take a look at what his life was all about. And it will not be giving too much away, I don't think. To say he finds soul is not just passion or ambition. Soul has a lot more to do with relationships and serving others. Augustine famously heard love proclaimed in today's passage on self-denial. Augustine wrote, When the Lord enjoins, what the Lord enjoins does seem hard and grievous, that whosoever will come after him must deny himself. But what he enjoins is not hard or grievous, since he aids us, so that what he enjoins may be done. For whatsoever is hard in what is enjoined us, charity makes easy. Consider what labor all lovers undergo and are not conscious of their labors. Such people must feel labor when they are hindered from labor. Soul, psuche, life, the kind of life Jesus points to, it is one wrapped up in love, lost in the labor of love. And any lover knows love is not self-protection. Love is risk. Love is loss. Love is stepping out into the scary world of connecting with others where you get hurt. But love is also what makes life, well, life. And so Jesus enjoins his followers to be wrapped up in love of God and neighbor to embrace life and not to let self-concern, self-care be elevated too high lest they keep you from knowing psuche, soul. Now, there is much debate about what Jesus meant when he says at the end of today's text, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Some believe Jesus is alluding there to the transfiguration, others to the resurrection, still others to yet a future moment to come. But whatever time horizon Jesus has in mind, this kingdom or ecosystem or reality of God Jesus spoke about, it came near with Christ. And it will one day, whenever that day may be, be known in full. And if you want to glimpse what the kingdom or reality of God looks like now, it is life. The life we saw in Christ, life poured out in love towards God and neighbor. It is that life, that love that saves us. Jesus pointed to a life poured out in love of God and neighbor when he speaks in today's text about a cross. The cross would be the consequence of love for Jesus It would be out of love for God and neighbor that he took on two oppressive structures and systems in his time. He took on religious powers of his day that declared themselves and those in their circle clean and declared others like tax collectors and sinners and the sick and poor, unclean, outsiders, less well, fully human than they as insiders were. Jesus broke down that dividing line. He ate with tax collectors and sinners, healed the sick even on the Sabbath. He overturned tables where money changers prayed on the vulnerable, and for these actions he earned the wrath of the Pharisees, the scribes, and the chief priests. Jesus took on the imperial power of his day. He presented himself and not the Roman emperor Caesar as Lord. 
He argued for obedience to God over and above obedience to the emperor. He spoke of the kingdom of God as a reality more real and true than even Rome's imperial power. And for such gall, he was given the punishment Rome gave to political dissidents and subversives. He was crucified with a sign that read, this is the king of the Jews to mock his pretensions. Love, service, honoring God's call, doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly with God, challenging powers that oppress your neighbors. Such love can get you hurt, even killed. But it's also where you find life, psuche, soul. In his 1963 book, Strength to Love, Martin Luther King Jr. famously wrote, there are some things so dear, some things so precious, some things so eternally true that they're worth dying for. And I submit to you that if a person has not discovered something that they will die for, they are not yet ready to live. For King, racial equality was something that dear, something King saw as so near and dear to God's heart that loving the victim of racism and segregation and challenging the oppressive forces that maintained it, that was something worth dying for. And now we look back in King and we see not simply death, we see not simply his death, we see his life and say what a rich full, powerful life. As Christians, we see at work in him the very one Martin Luther King Jr. himself called Lord and Savior, the one who claimed him and each of us as God's own in baptism, the one who pours out on us a love that will not let us go. In response to that great love, that life given for us, we pour out ourselves in gratitude in love towards God and neighbor. And in that we find life, suche, soul. You might imagine as a clash of realities, this concern for the soul, for tsuche. One reality says it's all about self-protection, self-aggrandizement, self-elevation. The other says it's about soul. One reality says, focus on self-care, make that the ultimate. The other reality says, self-care is well and good and timely in its place. But remember, there's a higher aspiration to which self-care should be directed, soul care. And if soul care calls for self-sacrifice, well, isn't soul worth that cost? In the season of Lent, Christians often emphasize self-denial with practices like fasting. And these practices are not about denigrating the self, but about better attuning the self to the call of Christ. They're about attuning ourselves to the soul. They're about soul care. I've sensed in these days of COVID-19, not just an appropriate concern for self-care, but an even greater concern in so many for soul care. The concern for neighbors that has emerged this past year, looking out for others on our streets. The careful observance of safety precautions for the protection of one's neighbors. The care for the isolated, the lonely, and hurting. I've seen in so much of that kind of soul care. One reason I think we have so seen so many young people dive into the Black Lives Matter movement this past year is a hunger for soul care. 
There's an awareness in many today that there are causes worth taking risks for. Steve Wiebe shared that one of his daughters was almost run over at a demonstration. She was terrified. It was an awakening for her and others who heard of it, of the risks of loving neighbor. But isn't soul, isn't a life filled with love of God and neighbor worth some risk? I have been moved by how many in our congregation and around the world have been engaged in church life and mission today, even in days of quarantine. They are attending, you're attending, we are attending to soul care. I've been struck by people stepping outside themselves to be church when it's so tempting today to isolate ourselves, uniting with others, with other Christ followers in community and worship and mission and service however we can. That's soul care. Yes, it can drain time and energy. It means sacrifice and risk when there's so much to be attended to in our own households and we have our own individual needs. They are real. Extending ourselves to others is work and it's risk. But life is more than self-protection. Life, psuche, soul is community, caring for one another and for the sick, the homeless, the hungry, speaking out against injustice, sharing the love of God in Christ with someone who has not yet heard the good news, doing all this in Christ's name. That's soul care. Last Sunday, new elders and deacons took the risk of life in Christ. They agreed to serve in leadership at Knox and we prayed for them. And I'm moved by that decision when there are so many forces pulling at each one of their time and attention. But may they find what so many of us have found when we can be lost in service, lost in love, lost in a cause, especially the cause of Christ, a cause greater than myself. That is the true antidote to isolation. That is soul care. So friends, take care of yourselves. Practice self-care, whether or not the call to health demands that you do it. It's good for pastors to do. It's good for you to do. But even more than that, take care of your soul. Practice soul care. Know God's love for you in Christ. Receive it. Savor it. May your soul know its worth. And in response to that great love of God in Christ, pour it out for you. Throw yourself into love and service in whatever you may be called to this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.